Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, here to talk to you today about the other big-time acquisition in the world of video games, not Microsoft and Activision this time. No, we're talking about Bungie and their acquisition by Sony, now finalized as of July 15th. And that date is interesting because as of July 15th, Bungie, not Sony, also entered into a very let's call it vitriolic lawsuit against one of its players for cheating, among other things. And folks have come to me, they've asked me, hey, is this legitimate as a lawsuit? I've talked about it a little bit in some of the press that you might have seen last week, but I thought we would dive more specifically deeply into the lawsuit as presented to talk about why I think Bungie has a very strong case and why this might be a unique circumstance that sees Bungie bring down the hammer when... They really could bring these same legal claims against virtually anyone that evades bans or uses cheating software, etc. So let's take a look at the lay of the land. Here is an article from PC Gamer. Bungie levels multi-million dollar lawsuit against cheating pest who threatened developers to keep your doors locked. The cheater created multiple accounts, including Bungie and Bungie Mad, while flogging dodgy software. Bungie Mad, of course, you see on the thumbnail because as it turns out, Bungie is, in fact, mad. You might have also seen the Game Daily Biz article from Sandesitop. Bungie sues Destiny 2 cheat streamer. And, of course, I added a few bits of color to that article. You can check that out. This was from last week when I had skimmed the lawsuit. Now we have a little bit more of an in-depth look. Now, as I mentioned, this was an interesting day in Bungie history because it was also the day when we have here a tweet from Herman Holst at Sony saying, I've always admired Bungie's ambitious groundbreaking games and their focus on creativity, craft, and community. I can't wait to spend more time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and their team as we chart a bold course for Sony Interactive Entertainment, PlayStation Studios, and Bungie together. Because on July 15th, the deal officially closed. And... That might seem like a fait accompli to a lot of you, a done deal, but as we can see in the Activision Microsoft transaction and some others that we might have taken a look at, especially outside of the video gaming realm, it is not a done deal until it's a done deal, right? Just like getting your favorite video game, it's not in your hands when it goes gold, it can still get delayed. These things don't have to come to fruition. So when they actually close, as this deal did, and Bungie ownership changes hands to Sony, that's a big thing to note. And it'll be a big thing to note when, if, Activision does the same when Microsoft takes complete ownership of that entity. But we're not talking about Microsoft. We're not talking about Activision today. No, instead, we're talking specifically about Bungie and the lawsuit that they put forth in the United States District Court, Western District of Washington at Seattle a couple of weeks ago, 10 days or so ago. Now, as we do here, we can see we've got a plaintiff in Bungie, Inc. They're the ones bringing the complaint. We've got a defendant in Luca Leone who is going to be accused of a lot of nefarious activity, including cheating. The complaint is for breach of contract. Generally speaking, as we say in virtual reality, that's often the easiest one to prove uh, because you do enter into a contract every time you use a bit of software, and especially when you use multiplayer online service-oriented software. We see a claim for copyright infringement. We'll have to see exactly what that looks like. Fraud, you don't always see in this context, so we'll have to examine that as well. DMCA anti-circumvention, as we've talked about the DMCA that we're familiar with, that says, hey, you can take down that infringing activity on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or Twitch or wherever, is not the end of the DMCA. The DMCA includes provisions that say it is illegal to circumvent technological measures that control access to a piece of software or other technology. Bungie's going to claim that this cheat software did in fact do that. 
And then to finish things off, the violation of the Washington Consumer Protection Act, which if you've been in virtual legality with us for a little while, you know, rings of that umbrella kind of concept that exists in a lot of jurisdictions. We've seen it most frequently in California, but also in Washington, we would anticipate that there's a bit of law that says something like all unfair activity is illegal. And so you bring that up as kind of the finale to your causes of action in a case like this one, just to make sure everything possible is brought against the defendant by your lawyers. So that's what we're looking at. Breach of contract, copyright infringement, fraud, DMCA, and a generic umbrella term for unfair competition in Washington. We'll look at that law a little bit just to confirm our suspicions there. But let's take a look at this document because this individual, this defendant, I think separates themselves from the usual version of cheating video game player. And I really do think that that's why Bungie brought this case. One of the things that you have to decide when you're sitting around the table and thinking about whether you're going to bring a lawsuit, especially against someone that you might otherwise think of as uncollectible, right? If they win this lawsuit, what are they really going to get out of it? Will they stop this guy? Maybe, but you'd still need law enforcement action to really make sure. Are they going to get damages? Are they going to get the potentially millions of dollars that they want? Very unlikely. So what are you doing here? Why are you bringing this lawsuit? And one of the big time reasons that you can bring a lawsuit is to threaten everybody else, right? And I say that, and it has a negative connotation, but I don't mean it negatively. It is to put forth that you mean business. And if you go about doing activities like this, potentially harassing people online as alleged by Bungie here, then they're going to bring the hammer down on you and make the next hundred people think about it rather than specifically finding redress or damages or whatever from this Luca Leone defendant. So keep that in mind as we go through this document, because one question is always, can you actually stop this? Can you get money from this person? The answer is almost always no, but the threat of a lawsuit, the threat of having that hanging over your shoulders, right? If you've got some kind of multi-million dollar claim over you, maybe you can't pay it. Maybe you can discharge it. Maybe you can do all sorts of things. You still have to go through the process. You still have to be found guilty. You still have to owe that money on a very technical level and that can't feel good and nobody's going to want to go through that process. So Bungie, as we've seen over the last few months, is really using their legal ban hammer to great effect against a lot of different parties. Introduction. Defendant Leone, who tweets from the handle Inkcell, is a Destiny 2 user who routinely streams himself using cheats, third-party software used to gain an unfair advantage by players without the skill or integrity to succeed at the game on their own merit and a level playing field, and which ruins the experience of playing Destiny 2 for Bungie's large community of honest gamers, and who Bungie has repeatedly banned from the game as a result. You gotta like the shade. So the one thing we saw in the Destiny lawsuit that we've covered here in Virtual Legality against the fraudster on DMCA takedowns, that was also a whole lot of shade against YouTube, was that they like this kind of subtext. They like to put forth in their legal documents things like, this is stuff used by players without skill or integrity to really try to frame for both the reader, us in this particular case, and the judge that this is a person that you should start out thinking is an unclean actor, a bad actor, a bad dude. And you should start out there because the rest of what we're about to tell you will fall into place nicely. Leon's use of cheat software also, as alleged in detail below, violates a raft of federal and state statutes and the express terms of the limited software license agreement. I'm not sure I'd call it a raft, but it does appear as alleged to violate a number of statutes. And when he repeatedly created new Bungie accounts to play the game after being banned, claiming with each new account creation that he had agreed to terms of the LSLA, that's the EULA, 
to you and I, but never intending to abide by those terms, Leon committed serial fraud. We'll get back to that theory in just a second. It is a bit novel. I like it. I think it's strong for Bungie. We'll talk about it when we get to that section more completely. In fact, one of the terms of the LSLA expressly entitles Bungie to ban Leon from playing the games for his cheating, yet Leon has now made 13 separate accounts in his attempts to evade the ban, and each new account was therefore a separate breach of the LSLA. Leon has also repeatedly made threats targeting Bungie and its employees, tweeting about his desire to burn down Bungie's office building and declaring that specific Bungie employees were not safe, given Leon's intent to move into their neighborhood. Now, this is, I think, an important part of this story because this is, as alleged by Bungie, a serial evader of bans, a guy that uses cheats, a guy that sells accounts and sells donation emblems and things like that. But most importantly, in my opinion, as part of this story, is that he's also a person that, while we might think of some of the stuff that they're going to use as evidence as internet bluster or trolling, can rise to the level of actually legitimately threatening individuals that work at their company and even more than threatening the other potential cheaters to avoid cheating, they're going to want, as a benefit to a lawsuit like this, to look like they are defending their people, right? If their people are getting threatened out online, there is a value, regardless of how this lawsuit goes, for your company to present as they care about protecting their people from people like this on the internet. I think there's a value there. I think it's a good value. Honestly, I back this kind of legal action when this kind of thing, as they describe, takes place. But we'll get there. Moreover, as alleged below, during the course of its investigation of Leon, Bungie uncovered criminal conduct. Pause. Right? So this is a civil action. This is two private entities, one entity, one person, fighting amongst each other in a court of law. It is not criminal. That involves the government going and criminally prosecuting someone and potentially winding up with them in jail or big fines to the government. They're pointing this out in order to make it more clear to the court that this is a bad actor and to posit that the criminal activity alone is a breach of their contract, as we'll see. Leon is an active member of the OG Users Account Hacking and Selling Forum, where he sells, presumably stolen, social media accounts and also sells Destiny 2 emblems non-transferable digital art badges obtained by in-game achievements or real-world conduct, which are prized by many players, especially collectors, which is yet another violation of the LSLA. So he goes on, he goes on a hacking forum, he's in an illegal black market, maybe committing wire fraud. We don't know, Judge. These things appear to be stolen. It's very dark web kind of stuff. Uh, And we just thought we'd bring that to your attention, even though that's not a claim of ours, because, hey, Bungie, we're big, but we're not the government. Bungie's LSLA, which is common to Destiny 2 and all of Bungie's online services, prohibits the unauthorized commercial exploitation of Destiny 2 and to any digital assets within or connected to Destiny 2, such as accounts and emblems. Therefore, each sale by Leon of a Destiny 2 emblem is a violation of the LSLA. Because Destiny 2 emblems are non-transferable, they are linked to a Bungie.net account by the time they are awarded, emblems transferred to an account through any type of account sharing or account linking method are transient and subject to removal at any time, presumably by the seller, is what Bungie's saying here. Therefore, each sale by Leon also circumvents the technical measures that Bungie employs to award emblems only to their intended recipient and defrauds the user who receives the emblem from Leon. Now, (laughs) I don't love this paragraph, right? We'll take a look at the section in question. But the gist of the DMCA here is that you aren't allowed to circumvent technological measures that you're using to secure your software or your technology in general. Here, Bungie has come up with a kind of 
novel thesis that says because they're attached to accounts and the accounts get sold, but they're not really sold because this individual would still have access and could terminate them and could defraud someone, that that is in fact a circumvention. I don't know that that follows from that theory of what's actually occurring here. Now, they in their account later on in this document, will give a better theory of why what's happening here is circumvention, namely that cheating software circumvents their prevention of cheating software, which I think is a good solid argument here. But this one, I don't think necessarily holds water. And it's it's novel, it's interesting. There's nothing wrong with bringing it. They've got a lot of stronger arguments in this document. Indeed, among the emblems Leon sells are emblems Bungie makes available only to players who donate to selected charity drives. Thus, not only is Leon lining his own pockets in violation of the LSLA, but he is devaluing an award Bungie grants for charitable giving and thereby harming the Bungie Foundation's ability to fund charitable causes. Again, these are not their strongest arguments. That's why they come at the end of the introduction, because while this is a good way to show this person is a bad actor, he doesn't care about uh, orphans, he doesn't care about whatever else that Bungie is donating to, it's not necessarily Bungie's harm here if he's moving these emblems around and the charitable giving still happens. So from a legal perspective, you'd have to identify the fact that there was a reduction in some way and that it damaged Bungie Foundation and not the charities. Remember, Bungie is not. So they can't bring a claim on behalf of the charities in this particular instance. Bungie can only bring claims on behalf of itself. It has to claim that it was damaged by this. And I don't know that it actually was, at least in this context. Obviously, the overall nature of cheating and doing these various things, they could be damaged by but where's the Bungie Foundation's ability to fund charitable causes actually negatively impacted? I have my doubts. That combination of conduct makes Bungie's decision to bring this lawsuit easy. As Bungie has demonstrated repeatedly, it will not allow its game, its community, or its employees to be abused, defrauded, or threatened. Again, Bungie is presenting, puffing out its chest, saying, we will not abide this. That's why you see these lawsuits. If you want to think of us as a litigious game company, that's fine. In fact, it's good because that's where the value of our game derives from. That's clearly the strategy that they have taken. Different companies will come up with different strategies in handling these various things. Bungie has decided that the court of law is the best way to handle their approach. Leon has done all three, and this action is the consequence. Party's jurisdiction and venue. Defendant Leone is a California citizen. At least they believe so. Defendant consented to jurisdiction in the state and federal courts in King County, Washington. Through the EULA, when you sign an end user license agreement, generally it has a provision that will say governing law, which is Washington, and venue, which again is Washington. That gives them personal jurisdiction over this individual because nobody can play Destiny 2 without signing that end user license agreement. And thus we are here in United States court due to the copyright action but located in Washington. Background. As explained in detail in the lawsuits Bungie has filed against manufacturers and retailers of cheat software, the shared world massively multiplayer nature of Destiny 2's gameplay and the Destiny 2 business model, free to play as a base game with downloadable paid expansions and cosmetic enhancements, combined to make cheating a particularly significant threat to Destiny 2's continued commercial success. We're establishing we are harmed when someone cheats in Destiny 2. To put it simply, Bungie's income depends on an engaged and satisfied player community, or at least a player community that isn't mad enough to hop off Destiny 2. When cheating becomes rampant in games and honest players feel like they can't win without cheating, honest players stop playing the games as often, or at all, and are less engaged and interested in paying for additional content when they do. If we just lost control of our servers and just allowed cheating to run rampant, well then, the people that actually pay us probably wouldn't be paying us much more because they wouldn't like the product that we would have to put forth. For that reason, Bungie expends considerable effort and resources to prevent cheating. 
And for that reason, Bungie requires every user who downloads Destiny 2 to agree to the LSLA, which expressly prohibits cheating. And I think now is a good time to take a look at that limited software license agreement, the LSLA, or end user license agreement if you prefer, EULA, which says, among other things, this is important for the fraud complaint, if you do not agree to the terms of this agreement, you are not permitted to install, copy, or use the program. Look, we've sold you a license to play Destiny 2. It's subject to the terms of this agreement. If you don't agree, then okay, you don't get to play Destiny 2. And hopefully there's a refund path for you if you decide that after you've purchased the disc or the digital download or what have you. If you wish to reject the terms of this agreement, you must not install, copy, or use the program. And we'll get back to that, but the serial nature of the ban evasion is what puts this into play and what puts that fraud concept into play as well. Now, as Bungie promised, they limit their license. The license is subject to the following limitations. You agree that you will not do or allow any of the following. And we're going to skip a bunch of this big long list. But number one, exploit this program or any of its parts commercially. You won't sell accounts. You won't sell emblems. Reverse engineer, derive source code, modify, decompile, disassemble, or create derivative works of this program in whole or in part, or or of any middleware required for use of this program, such as anti-cheat software. You won't break in and rebuild it. Now, this create derivative works comes into play, as we will see in a bit of novel drafting, to suggest that when the cheats put different visuals on your screen, that is, in fact, a derivative work of the Destiny 2 product. Might hold, might not. Again, we've got stronger arguments from Bungie. We've got relatively weaker arguments from Bungie. The entirety of the document is pretty strong. There's nothing that's just crazy that they've put forth in this document. We can still evaluate it for relative strength. That derivative works complaint, not as strong as, say, the straight line breach of contract complaint. You won't hack or modify the program or create, develop, modify, distribute, or use any unauthorized software programs to gain advantage in any online or multiplayer game modes. Seems pretty on point, right? If you're a lawyer and they bring you this particular case, you say, all right, let's take a look at the contract. That's the sentence you want. You won't use unauthorized software programs to gain advantage in Destiny 2. We got you. Nine. You won't receive or provide boosting services to advance progress or achieve results that are not solely based on the account holder's gameplay, which again sounds like selling accounts to people with emblems that they didn't otherwise earn. And if you do any of these things, as well as a bunch of other things, we may ban you or we can use any other remedies that are afforded to us. Remedies available to Bungie, including suing you for breach of contract, suing you for copyright infringement, suing you for all these various things. That's all within the license agreement. That is all covering Bungie right now. That is why the breach of contract complaint is the strongest. But as I said, you might say, doesn't that mean any cheater could be brought into federal court on a breach of contract complaint, potentially for a copyright infringement with a derivative suit based on the way the cheat operates visually to them? Yes. The answer is yes. But Bungie likely isn't in the business of alienating its entire customer base for foot faults for, okay, I thought I was just cheating at a video game. I'm 14 years old. I didn't really think this through. They are unlikely to drag you into federal court for that. It has to be escalated in general. But it's worth noting that everything that we say about this particular set of circumstances, if applied to anybody else that's engaging in things like using cheat bots to do various things in Destiny 2, could well find themselves with this facing them. And again, Bungie is trying to threaten that insofar as they want people to stop doing it because it hurts their value proposition. Then they talk about Leon specifically. It would be a vast understatement to merely describe Leon as a serial ban evader and cheater. 
Leon has repeatedly live-streamed himself cheating at Destiny 2 on his Twitch channel, Miffy's World. And then we have a big, long recitation of the various accounts that he started and that have been banned. So it starts with an exclamation point account in December of 2021, so late last year. In May of 2022, that account is banned for cheating. Now in January, so well before that May banning, he signs another account up called got to get it That's banned five days after the first ban. So as far as Bungie is telling this story, we've got two accounts started at the end of last year and the start of this year. They both get banned in mid-May for the first being cheating and the second matching the hardware ID to the cheating account that they found. In January, they also discover that he started a third account. That's also banned in mid-May. In May, he starts a fourth account that's banned essentially two days later. Again, in that mid-May banning that we're talking about from Bungie's side of things, he tries again after those bans to start an account on the 23rd. That again, banned four days later after he streams his use of cheats, according to Bungie. And this continues on and on through the end of May, ending really at the start of June with a bunch of other accounts. Upon information and belief, Leon has created other Bungie accounts, which Bungie has not identified and banned. So, Your Honor, this isn't even the complete list. And each time Leon created a new account, he indicated his agreement to the LSLA, right? At the very top here, you cannot use the software if you do not agree to the agreement. So every time you sign up that account and you start Destiny 2, you are saying, yes, I understand and I abide by these terms. Now, in my opinion, the first time this happens, you probably don't get convicted of fraud, right? Because, hey, it's an end user license agreement. Even though it might bind you, the law might fine for Bungie. In fact, it will in most cases. You can say, hey, I didn't realize X, Y, or Z was a violation. By the time you get to the second, the third, the fourth, the 13th, then I think Bungie has a fairly good case for saying you have no intent of abiding by our rules because you have seen us ban the previous 12 accounts that you have started up, which we will see is their main thesis behind their fraud complaint. Now we get Leon's threats, and I think this is an important section because it places him in a different bucket than other Destiny cheaters. On May 18th, 2022, Leon tweeted an image of the employee badge belonging to Dylan Gaffner, one of Bungie's community managers with the hashtag NewProfilePick. There were several replies to Leon's tweet. In response to one such reply from a user named Smile, Leon tweeted, I just realized I'll be moving to a place that's 30 minutes away from DMG, which Bungie believes is Gaffner. Leon says he is not safe. He further tweets, it's a warm summer day in Portland and Dylan has just woken up from his restless slumber. He rolls over to pick up his phone so he can check Twitter as he sees that someone is cheating with his full government name as their Bungie ID and follows it up by saying Dylan Gaffner, L-M-D-O-A-O-A-O-A-O-A-O. So this is always amusing in a legal document to see kind of leet speak and Twitter usage and internet slang. And yet I think they present a good case for at bare minimum, this guy seems a little bit unhinged. He's using real names. He's talking about where they live. On June 27th, it's confirmed, according to Bungie, this is Twitter, so it's not a real confirmation, that he's looking to take his flatbed from Cali to Washington. He's actually moving into what Bungie thinks is their neck of the woods. On July 4th, Leon made it clear that his move to Washington State was complete and that he had no intention of ceasing his threats, offering to commit arson in Seattle and offering a discount if it's Bungie HQ. Now here we have a Twitter thread where somebody named Alex says, hey, can you beat a specific place in Seattle to commit arson? And one could argue if they were so inclined, Inkcell comes in here and says, I'm in Washington, DM me. If it's Bungie HQ, you get a discount. It's Twitter. I'm not sure that that's convincing evidence that this individual intended to commit arson, 
But when you put all of the circumstantial evidence together, I think you do have a reasonable belief from Bungie that this is an individual that needs to be watched with some concern. On July 5th, Leon followed up on his previous threats by warning Bungie to keep its doors locked. And on July 13th, he posted a screenshot of a tweet he had been forced to delete saying Twitter celebrities deserve death. Now, I don't think that's actually a very good tie to the Bungie situation, except that in paragraph 64, Bungie says just four days earlier, Leon tweeted an image composed of photographs of three of Bungie's community managers, each of whom have tens or hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers with the text. This post was fact-checked by real Bungie fanatics superimposed on top. Now, at least some of that is circumstantial and sounds a lot like Twitter bluster or wherever you might find yourself, internet trolling. But when combined with everything else that is happening and names like Bungie Mad, etc., I don't blame Bungie, and I think it's useful for a legal document like this to at least establish why they are in particular concerned about this individual, not just for the court, to whom they can say, take a look at this person. This is not the standard video game cheater, because ordinarily the law would be at least a little bit reluctant to throw the book at video game cheating, even if it is a federal law violation. You throw on, hey, this person is harassing us, actually threatening violence against us in some important ways. That starts to tell a story, and then it also tells a story to your customer base to say, hey, we're not acting willy-nilly on this. We're not going to launch a federal lawsuit against every instance of you potentially making a footfall with our terms of service. This guy is special. Keep that in mind. Leon boasts about his cheating and ban evasion. On the contrary, he brags about it incessantly from his Ink Cell Twitter account, and his pinned tweet links to a series of clips of Leon cheating from his various Destiny accounts. And then there's a lot of language here. This is my third account. Technically, I've only been banned once because I logged into another account without resetting the IP. I don't think I'll ever get banned from making new accounts. Lol, Bungie, not smart. I will cheat on main, I think. Bungie can't stop me. This is true. It only costs $1 to bypass the activity verification steps that they have. Let's just remember this all started from a clip of me flying with infinite ammo in walls and aimbot, and then let's stop replying. It's been over two weeks for them to actually ban me. These guys are so slow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which if you've ever looked at something like this, or if you've ever watched HBO's The Wire, you can't help but think of Stringer Bell's prophetic informational advice uh, to his gang of drug runners, which is maybe don't take notes on a criminal conspiracy. Uh, And this certainly gets to the phase where maybe not a criminal conspiracy, though Bungie would like to make that claim, but at least an indication that you're breaching their contract and that this is a multi-million dollar corporation or billion dollar corporation as seen from the Sony purchase price. And maybe you don't want to just poke them if you're otherwise playing in their pawn. Not legal advice, just practical advice. Uh, But then you see this all in a legal document like this. Get around your silly hardware ban. It's okay, DMG is my friend, which is at least an interesting tweet from this individual because if there is a relationship with the person that works at uh, Bungie, that might frame this case a little bit differently. I'd want to know more about this. Is this just bluster? How does he get a picture of that government ID? What's going on there? Where's he getting access to some of these things like the emblems? Is he a master hacker or does he have an inside person, etc., etc.? That doesn't come up from Bungie. Bungie doesn't indicate that that is in fact the case at all, but I did flag it because it's at least an interesting kind of component to all this. You then get Bungie making the case for emblem sales. Leon is an active member at OG Users, where he sells Instagram and other social media accounts. Leon also sells Destiny 2 emblems and clan names on information and belief. Leon also sold Bungie accounts at OG Users. On July 6th, Leon posted to his Inkcell Twitter account, offering $200 donation links for $50 each. Already have redeemed mine. 
And on information and belief, the donation links Leon describes are links to download a Bungie emblem that was offered as a reward for donating $100 to the Bungie Foundation, Bungie's charitable organization. Now that is something like direct damage. If Bungie Foundation is collecting the money specifically itself, then if it was denied that money, it's a problem. If it wasn't, if it got that money and their emblems that aren't used, maybe that's not a damage claim. They are at least implying in a legal document like this one that they were denied those hundreds of dollars for the emblems that they would otherwise give away. And so that hurt the foundation's ability to donate. Section six, how Bungie identified Leon. On April 6, 2020, Leon created an account named Nightly. That same day, Leon created an account named Nightly, similar spelling, but slightly different, which he later changed to Incomes. So we got Nightly and Incomes. Leon logged into both the InkPie account and the Incomes account from the same PlayStation 5 video game console. Both the InkPie account and Incomes account logged into Destiny 2 from the same .87 address. That matches a bunch of the other accounts that we had already banned. We also saw a .56 address. That belonged to a virtual private network that also matched some of the other accounts that we banned. And then Bungie just says, VPN services are often used by cheaters and other bad actors to attempt to avoid detection. Not untrue. Uh, but they don't appear to have any indication that that is in fact what's happening here other than the way that this individual is operating in general. You have a lot of other proof about these accounts and then finishing off with the close proximity and time between the various logins means that they originated from the same physical location. I think that's right. Then you have a second component of their proof here. When Leon created the InkPie account, he did so using an email address, polyblanked. He also used that to get merchandise from the Bungie store. What's really interesting about these Bungie lawsuits is one of the ways they seem to nail people is that they bought merchandise with the same email account they used for whatever nefarious ends Bungie accuses them of. It really is a kind of silver bullet. And it's wild that these individuals that are doing this from these specific email accounts are also submitting them directly to the victim of whatever it is that they are doing through the store of all things. Like if there's any information that Bungie definitely has, It's the information that they gather from selling people things because that's intrinsically worthy of their attention in different contexts. They want to put you on a mailing list. They want to sell you more goods and services. That's what Bungie wants. So you're giving them your information in the most high profile way possible. And it's no question that Bungie then can spin around and say, yeah, this guy, he bought goods. Now, interestingly, they are also the beneficiaries, as we have seen in other lawsuits, of a leak. The polyblanked email account also appears in the 2021 OG users data breach associated with a username of Knight, which is a name that we have seen according to Bungie used by this individual in other contexts. They use that data breach to establish that this is the same person and they were able to go through the forum posts on this site to find things like a screenshot that has an advertisement for donation link slash emblems, which are emblems given as a reward for donating to specified charities. On information and belief, these emblem links were obtained by fraud. Question mark. What fraud? What do you think? Did they steal into your database? What what way did they get access to these things? We don't have any other information from Bungie. I think that's going to be necessary to get further on this particular point, but we don't have it yet. Bungie doesn't have to know it right now. That's what pleadings and discovery are all about. But this seems like something that will have to be fleshed out in the future. The post-selling Bungie emblems included the text Tela Akina. On our information and belief, this indicates that Knight's address on the Telegram instant messaging and social service is Akina. Akina participates heavily in the Kiss of Death chat, 
The Kiss of Death chat is a marketplace where users can buy and sell usernames for social media, gaming, email, and other types of online accounts. And the usernames offered for sale on these forums are highly desirable and are usually acquired by the sellers through hacking or fraud. Again, we have some usuallys and some generallys. This is what Bungie knows at this point in time. On February 17th, 2022, the Telegram account Atakina posted buying at names that look like Luca PM me. Again, when we're talking about criminal conspiracies, folks, Bungie, I think, rightly points out, says this individual's name is Luca. Why in the world would somebody with this account be looking for something that matches the Luca name? On information and belief, this message is intended to convey that Akina is looking for usernames which resemble the word Luca slash Luca Leone's first name. In sum, that email account is associated with Destiny 2 activity, associated with OGU activity, and is, has his full name and his physical address. The Destiny 2 accounts can all be associated with each other through hardware uh, identification as well as IP addresses. Leon's Incel Twitter account hosts his harassing threats, which we detail above. And the Akina Telegram account is associated with both Leon's fraudulent emblem and clan name sales activities and his real name. Yep. I think that's pretty definitive, Bungie, as far as pleading documents go. I would say you got him. Section 111, thus the information Bungie has obtained is a closed loop conclusively identifying Luca Leone as the cheater, fraudster, and bad actor threatening its employees, breaching its contract, and harming its reputation within the community. So those are Bungie's allegations, as I just said. It certainly looks from the outside as pretty conclusive proof that this individual is the one they were looking for from these various things. So from a legal perspective, what do they ask for? First and foremost, breach of contract. We looked at the contract. It is in breach of contract. Upon each user's first log into the game from a new account, the LSLA is displayed in full. The LSLA is also made easily and readily available on Bungie's website. We know, we just looked at it. The defendant could not have played Destiny 2 on any account of his if he had not agreed to Bungie's LSLA. On the first use of that account, defendant did agree to the LSLA. I would like proof here. Presumably they have the actual data to back this up, but we can assume that Bungie knows that that was clicked through as a part of this particular process. The LSLA contains all the things we have looked at already, an anti-cheat provision, a commercial use provision, a live content provision, etc., etc. He's in violation of all of those. In addition, the LSA expressly provides that violations of the anti-cheat provision, commercial use provision, and live content provision entitle Bungie to ban as well as anything else, like pursue a federal lawsuit. We saw that in the contract as well. And these breaches of the LSLA have damaged Bungie in an amount to be proven at trial. That is very straightforward. That is black letter law. You've got the contract. It prohibits these activities. They say he did these activities. They seem to have a pretty good case showing that he did do those activities. It's a breach of contract, your honor. We need damages for how much we were damaged by this particular activity. Now, proving damages is a little bit more difficult. This is one user doing these things. Uh, but as far as winning the complaint... This appears to be a very strong case. Then we have a little bit of novelty. Fraud in the inducement. Bungie was defrauded into entering into an agreement with this person, and that agreement didn't work in any event. Upon information and belief, defendant was aware at all relevant times that the sale of emblems, use of cheat software, streaming of cheating gameplay, and registration of a new account to evade a ban violated the LSLA. Upon information and belief at the time that he purported to indicate his agreement to the LSLA upon the creation of each of his Destiny 2 accounts, defendant intended to breach each and all of these provisions of the LSLA. So they're saying when he sits down to click through to get into the Destiny 2 game, he knows every time that he isn't willing to agree to the provisions of that LSLA. Now you carry with you in this type of complaint the obligation to say he knew what he was doing. Fraud is an intent crime. You have to be willful uh, about this. And I think that they have an issue with the top 
of this particular scenario. The first time, maybe even the first couple of times when, as we've talked about in virtual legality, maybe everybody doesn't know what's in the end user license agreement. Now, that being said, it's pretty clear that you're not supposed to cheat using this software. They have some pretty robust and, frankly, uh, hardcore anti-cheat software, especially on PC, trying to prevent you from doing that. And so you probably are on notice of those particular things. And that's why Bungie feels they can go and say every single time he knew this. But certainly as you go to account 4, 5, 6, and 13, et cetera, et cetera, then you know, I have no intent to do anything but evade bans and to otherwise sell emblems and get in there and cheat and put it on my Twitch or whatever else that I'm doing. And so you are committing fraud. You are lying about what you are willing to do when you agree to sign up to this thing. Leon's agreement and intent to abide by the LSLA provisions was material to the contractual relationship between Bungie and Leon, i.e. it was important to us. We wouldn't have allowed him to use Destiny 2 if we knew that he wasn't willing to agree to these terms. We wouldn't allow anybody to if they weren't willing to agree to those terms. So by defrauding us on this particular point, it's important. It's not like a little mistake. Upon information and belief, defendant's representation to Bungie that he would abide by the LSLA's terms was intentionally false at the time it was made and each time it was made. Defendant intended for Bungie to rely on his misrepresentation that he would abide by the LSLA, and Bungie was justifiably ignorant to the falsity of defendant's misrepresentation, as it had no knowledge at the times that Leon indicated his agreement to the LSLA that the anonymous account it was allowing access to the Destiny 2 software was Leon's. Now, on that particular point, it's possible that you could accuse Bungie of having more information or that should have more information than they're letting on in this paragraph. If you've banned a given IP address, if you've banned a given hardware profile, can you not apply that ban generally and make sure that you are keeping out who you want to keep out rather than letting it get to the point of 12, 13, 14 uh, kind of account created? We'll see in this document, they also accuse him of essentially spoofing his hardware identification to avoid the bans. And obviously that's a bigger deal as well in terms of knowingness, knowledge, willfulness of getting around what Bungie wants to do. Bungie has the right to rely on a user's purported acceptance of the LSLA and allowing the user access to the Destiny 2 software. And so we ask for injunctive relief and various other bits of damages. Third cause of action, copyright infringement. First, the cheat software defendant used creates visual elements that are displayed as an overlay on and within the Destiny 2 visual display. I talked about this earlier. The combined audio-visual work displayed by the interaction between Bungie's Destiny 2 software on the one hand and the cheat software Leon used is based on, but meaningfully different from Bungie's, copyrighted Destiny 2 audio-visual work. As such, Leon infringed Bungie's copyright in Destiny 2 as an audio-visual work each time he used the cheat software to create an unauthorized derivative of Destiny 2. Now, this is interesting right? He's not creating this audiovisual work, this new screen that the cheat prepares for him in order to sell it, in order to make it public, in order to do anything else besides use it. So is it a derivative work for purposes of the Copyright Act? That is not nearly as strong of a complaint as the breach of contract action. It's novel. It might work. Honestly, we haven't in the video game, technology, software, other industries litigated these things all the way up the chain enough to be sure where the line between derivative work and just breaching use actually lies. But this is a novel approach to say, look, the cheat software adds a laser beacon to where everybody is or otherwise lets you see people through walls. It is creating something that is based on our work in a way that we didn't intend. And so it's a derivative of that work. 
It's the same kind of argument you see with things like Rockstar taking down the Grand Theft Auto 3 mods uh, and the VR mods and things like that. We may talk about those in this space uh, at some point, but the derivative work question is going to continue to be a thorn in kind of the video game industry users and other sides until we kind of get clarity on exactly where those lines are. As a corporate transactions lawyer that looks at these questions fairly frequently, I think Bungie might have the right of the overall kind of theory of the case that it is a derivative, but in this particular instance where it's not intended to go out anywhere to be made public by this individual, I'm not sure that this is a copyright infringement on his part as much as it might be for the cheat creators. Upon information and belief, each time that Leon clicked to indicate his agreement to the LSLA in order to obtain access to the Destiny 2 software, both the first time he downloaded it and as he created new accounts after being banned, he had a then-present intent to violate the conditions of his license and use cheat software in his gameplay. Again, this is the fraud complaint, but now attached to copyright infringement. He doesn't actually agree to that because an agreement requires a meeting of the minds, and he's sitting there with his fingers crossed going, <laughs> I know I'm not going to agree to these terms, but I shall click through anyway. Bungie says, well, that negates the whole license. As such, the purported license was never valid. And each and every time he downloaded and used the Destiny 2 software, he infringed Bungie's copyrights in Destiny 2. Again, a little bit novel, but I think largely right. If there is no meeting of the minds, if you are specifically defrauding and have no intent to follow the language of the agreement, then the license was never given to you. And as we'll see Bungie say, even if we don't win on that argument, whenever you do the bad thing, the license goes away, and then from then on, you're infringing our copyright because we have withdrawn your right to use our software. As they say, moreover, the very first time Leon loaded cheat software as he opened Destiny 2, and after each such download, he vitiated, ooh, lawyers, the license and his subsequent use of the software and display of the game or on his computer or on stream was infringing. Defendant's copyright infringement was willful, which is its own paragraph, but it's important. Because the way the Copyright Act works is if you're looking for statutory damages rather than real damages, it's just going to be too hard to prove how you were damaged. You actually have a baseline number that you can go and ask for. It's a lot more. It's a lot more money and a lot more damages if you can say that the infringement was willful. And here, as described by Bungie, I would say if you're the defendant, you have a hard time saying it isn't willful at least a couple of times in. Probably it's willful from the start because you're using cheat software, you knew what you're doing. But at least a few times in after you've been banned a couple times, you're doing taunting tweets out into the world about how they're not going to be able to stop you. Mm, that's not the fact pattern that you want if you're the, this defendant's counsel. Alternatively, Bungie's entitled to statutory damage of $150,000 for each copyrighted work infringed. That could really get up there depending on how you count the copyright works that are infringing. Is it every stream? Is it every playthrough? What is it in this particular instance? That's how you see these copyright actions get that number way up there and how settlements get way up there as well. Fourth cause of action, circumvention of technological measures. We saw them kind of try to describe account sales as circumvention. I didn't love that. You don't really see it brought back very completely in this section. Instead, you see that the Destiny 2 client software renders data such that players have limited information. For example, they cannot see other players' avatars through walls or floors, which has substantial implications for player strategy and behavior, and when it stores that information in memory, the information is intentionally obfuscated so that players cannot view the information without significant investment in prohibit prohibited technical measures. So they're saying, this is exactly what the cheat software does. We go to secure it, we expend a lot of money and time and resources to protect it, which is important because when we're talking about circumvention, it only relates to things that are effective controls to access to a work. Now, effective doesn't require it to be impregnable. 
Effective means that you have to put resources in that are reasonable to prevent someone from getting in there. It has to look like you actually intended for your technology to be protected. And here they're establishing that. We expend enormous amounts of money. We have, I think it's BattleEye and other services that we use in order to keep these things safe. And nevertheless, this cheat software went around it. Defendant regularly uses cheating software specifically designed to circumvent these defenses. By using cheat software to access data, Bungie engineered the Destiny 2 software to withhold defendant bypass technological measures Bungie put in place to control access. There's your magic words for the DMCA. Upon information and belief, defendant used hardware ID spoofing tools to disguise the hardware ID of the computer from which he was connecting to Destiny 2. As such, Bungie is entitled to injunctive relief. An order directing the destruction of all cheating software in defendant's possession, the deletion of Destiny 2 and Bungie accounts defendant has created, an award of statutory damages in the maximum amount of $2,500 per instance of the deployment of cheat software for Destiny 2 and costs and attorney's fees. Finally, we get to that fifth cause of action. Defendant's emblem sales occurred in trade or commerce. Defendant's purchase and use of cheat software occurred in trade or commerce. Defendant's Twitch streams occurred in trade or commerce. As alleged above, defendant's actions were unlawful. Moreover, there is a strong public interest in protecting businesses from the unlawful theft and sale of their accounts and products, the copying and disruption of their work, and the harassment of their employees. And as a result of the foregoing, Bungie is entitled to an award of damages. As I said, by the time you get to this level where we're talking about that umbrella law, chances are you aren't doing elaborate recitations. And as we can see in Washington, the law is unfair methods of competition and unfair deceptive acts or practices in the conduct of any trade or commerce are hereby declared unlawful. Now, what is Bungie asking for? Well, they're asking for pretty simple things as far as lawsuits go, that this person be enjoyed from harassing them, that they get an award for restitution and the damages that they've incurred, that they get pre and post judgment interest, that they get their costs back and whatever else the court should deem just and proper. So at the end of the day here, this is a lawsuit that is pretty straightforward. Bungie would appear, as alleged, to have this defendant dead to rights. So the more interesting question is, one, why don't we see this more often? Uh, And the answer is, this stuff costs money, even on the Bungie side, even if they think it's a slam dunk. And this costs money to any other kind of purveyor of multiplayer gaming access that would otherwise try to do this. Two, you run the risk of actually uh, getting on the nerves of your player base if they think that what you are doing is unwarranted or over the top. So one of the things that Bungie endeavored to present here was that this was a particularly bad actor with harassment and threats and repeated use of uh, evasion of bans, et cetera, et cetera. And and three, if you're Bungie, you're going into a a new house, right? Sony is going to run you, even though, as we talked about in our video on the acquisition, Bungie's sale to Sony is one of the more interesting that we've ever seen, at least as described in the press releases, because Bungie is maintaining, by all accounts, maximal independence. Now, does that mean that it's going to be as exactly as it sounds, where Bungie's just going to continue to operate however they like, and Sony's going to have limited, uh, if any, discretion over how they operate? Probably not. Sony's going to move people around. Sony's going to ask Bungie to use its institutional knowledge to help their live services enterprises. But more than most companies, Bungie appears to have bought the right to run their own ship on things like this. So the fact that it is the same day, it's the 15th when this happens, they close the deal and they file a federal lawsuit is indicative to me, at least, that Bungie intends to continue to operate in the way that it has been operating strategically for the last few months, if not years, to use the legal system to put forth those threats to people, to establish that they will protect their community, their employees and their game. And overall, I think that's a pretty good thing. We talked about that in virtual legality. We thought that the The specific shade that they threw at YouTube was pretty well-founded since Bungie can't sue YouTube directly. 
And I would anticipate that you'll see more Bungie lawsuits before this all ends. uh, And we'll be here to cover them in virtual legality. Now, if you do like these conversations about business and law, technology, Bungie, Destiny, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Utreon, where we get most of the resources that you put forth, or Patreon, if you're more familiar with that platform. We cannot do it without viewers and listeners like you. And as one of those tiers, you can support the whole channel for a month, along with your fellow supporters at Utreon and Patreon. And this is that episode this month. So I want to say thanks to our monthly sponsors, Brendan Coleman, Chill and Joy, Dragon Girl, Falcus Vipus, Lady Emily, Lethal Five String, Nord, Opal Studded Dagger, and Sinfrog. We cannot do it without people like you. I want to just express my sincere thanks to all of you, everybody that participates either in our live streams now and hangouts and headlines. Thank you so much for how popular that has become or watches these videos in virtual legality proper or even Lawyers and Dragons as we start to do more and more on this channel. Thank you so, so much. I cannot do it without you. But if you don't want to use Utreon, Patreon, do these tiers, just subscribing telling your friends, ringing bells, engaging in conversations with the community. I try to get in there as much as possible to answer questions or otherwise. So you'll see me popping into those comments from time to time. Every single little bit helps make this channel as good, as big, and as popular as I know that it can be. Thank you so much for that support. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.